Hello and welcome back to Wrong Opinions Only with your hosts Justin and Kayla. And wow, it feels like we've been on a hiatus, Kayla, but really it's only been a couple days since we last recorded. It has, but when you get out of sync, you know, everything just feels a little eerie, you know? And Kayla's working 12 to 16 hour days at the fair and can't be bothered to do the podcast with me, you know, so we but... have to reschedule. <laughs> well, I made some time today because we did a lot of work for this week's episode. We've teased it already a little bit in preparation for the show dropping out on Friday. But today we're talking about Lord of the Rings. And uh, yeah, when I tell you we did a lot of work, I mean, probably 24 hours of movie watching, it felt like. Yeah, we're talking all six films. The Three Hobbits, the three original Lord of the Rings. Kayla watched the extended cut versions, which are all like four and a half hours. Yeah, the Return of the King was... Four and a half hours, almost five, yeah. And we're doing this all in anticipation for the new Lord of the Rings TV show on Amazon Prime that is coming out Friday, the day after we release this podcast. So what is it called? Rings of Power, I believe? Rings of Power, yes. I'm going to, obviously, we're going to watch it. We just watched all six movies and I'm more excited after watching the movies than I was going into it. Oh, totally. I mean, one ring to rule them all, you know? That's my... Who were you doing an impression of there? Was that Gala? Was that Gandalf? I think it was a blend of both. Was that Saruman? I think it was a blend, all of them together, you know, into one voice. Um, So a little bit of Lord of the Rings, if you are not familiar. It's a series of three epic fantasy adventure films directed by Peter Jackson, based on the novel written by J.R.R. Tolkien. The films are subtitled The Fellowship of the Ring, which came out in 2001, The Two Towers came out in 2002, and The Return of the King, which came out in 2003. Features an ensemble cast, including Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Live Taylor, Viggo Mortensen, Sean Austin, Kate Blanchett, John Rhys Davies, Christopher Lee. I mean, the list goes on and on. Orlando Bloom. Who could we forget? <laughs> uh, set in the fictional world of Middle Earth, the films follow the hobbit Frodo Baggins as he and the Fellowship embark on a quest to destroy the One Ring to ensure the destruction of its maker, the Dark Lord Sauron. Dun, dun, dun. The Fellowship eventually splits up and Frodo continues the quest with his loyal companion Sam and the treacherous Gollum. <laughs> Gollum! How was that? That was that was pretty good. You want to do that again for us? Yeah. I'll, I'll do it throughout. Don't worry. Meanwhile, Aragorn, Hare, and Exile to the throne of Gondor along with Legolas, Gimli, Boromir, Merry, Pippin, and the wizard Gandalf unite to save the free peoples of Middle-earth from the forces of Sauron and rally them in the War of the Ring to aid Frodo by distracting Sauron's attention. All right, so it's Sauron. Sauron. Um, it's Gimli. It's Boromir. Um, it's, it's Gimli. Li- it's Liv Tyler. Um, I'm just all the wow. mispronunciations should've you just, had there. You know, I should have just had you read this, maybe. Mispronunciations. So. <laughs> um, listen, fair enough. A lot, that was... A quick sum of a long set of movies, as we said. But I got some trivia. Now, you've seen this trivia when I posted our outline. I didn't read it, though. By some of the- oh, okay. I didn't read the trivia. I wanted to be surprised on the pod. Okay, I won't be doing the most infamous of trivias that everyone seems to know. Okay. Um, Christopher Lee was the only cast member to have actually met J.R.R. Tolkien, which I thought was pretty cool. And he could recite the ring poem from memory in the Black Speech of Mordor. Okay. Which had to have sounded crazy because it's kind of a sinister language. Yeah, that's. that's Can you imagine intense. like an actor just to like break that out? That'd be pretty terrifying. Yeah, that's. I I kind of want to learn the Black Speech of Mordor now. Yes. Yeah. What do you okay, think? Okay. Well, we're kind of. I just show our... up at the Christmas party like talking Black Speech. Yeah. 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 Okay. Daniel Day Lewis was the first choice to play Aragorn. 
That is true. And if you are on our Instagram this week, you will see that there was also another uh, famous actor, Russell Crowe, who turned down the role and it's estimated basically would have been $100 million in his pocket. Russell Crowe would have been really good at the time. I can't see Daniel Day-Lewis. You know what? Maybe because he takes himself too seriously. I don't want to see Daniel Day-Lewis. No, he wouldn't have been... Eric Gordon had fun. There was fun to his goodness, you know? I don't know that Daniel Day-Lewis could do. And he doesn't have two left feet, so like... Exactly. You know? And what would he have had to do to get method into that? I don't want to know. He probably would have had to just go into the wilderness by himself with a sword and see if he can just survive. He probably would have. Yeah, yeah. For months. He'd probably be like, you know what? Let's start shooting in three years. I need to see if I can survive that long by myself out in the woods. Yeah, we should try it, you know, just see what we do. I'm a little busy that that stretch of time. All right, right, fair enough. Uh, Most of the men of Rohan are women. When a casting call for extras with horses went out, mostly women applied, so they all wore fake beards. (laughs) <laughs> yes which I did makes not know me that. almost want to re-see that scene just to see like the crowd of people to see if i could tell but yeah pretty funny i want to rewatch that scene now yep yeah. uh gimli and treebeard are played by the same person yes well um he voices treebeard yes. yeah mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty interesting because gimli gimli's just the man arwen was going to originally lead the elf forces at helm's deep and this is that i think was a miss on Lord of the Rings to not make her some way more. It was weird rewatching it. I thought she had more of a role than she did. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, she just disappeared for like yeah. almost two full movies. Correct. Yeah. It's, I thought she was going to come back, be a badass, And she's like, oh, there she is. Oh, is she dying? Oh, she's back and they're getting together. Yeah. It was like okay. a missed opportunity. I think when you have her in the role, like I just didn't get that. So missed, missed on that, Mike. Uh, when Peter Jackson told Christopher Lee to scream when he gets stabbed in the lungs, he had to tell Peter that he wouldn't have been able to scream with that injury. I saw that, yeah. and that, that's just great. Like, yeah, how am I supposed to scream if my lungs are pierced? It's pierced, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson is the pirate that Legolas shoots. Huh. I guess I never noticed that, yeah. but another little fun one. And Sean Austin is holding his actual daughter in the end scene. I did, yeah. I did know that one. That's pretty neat. All right. So let's get into some general discussion because, you know. It was long. <laughs> Who is your favorite and least favorite character across all films? And that's going to include Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit films. Oh wow! This yes. is this is a big uh, a big thing right off the the bat. Um, my favorite is probably Gimli. Okay. I love Gimli. Okay, he's he, my second favorite. Yeah, he adds a comedic element to it. He's fun. He's a little different. Um, he's got to be my favorite. My least favorite. Oh man, this is this is uh, a real tough one here. Um, Frodo. Yeah, Frodo's, Frodo's pretty my unlikable. Sam, like, yeah, who's your favorite and your least wait, favorite? Wait, hold on, you weren't saying Sam like that was a consideration, were you? No, no, I was oh, going to say okay. Samwise was the real hero, it and is... Frodo doesn't deserve all the credit he got because Sam is the only reason they were Sam able to Sam Wise game cheat. There's no other for me. Yeah. He was the light of my life. I would lay down my life for Samwise. And so, yes, he's my pick. Everybody's cheering for Frodo, man. Sam carried his ass Literally. up that mountain and got the damn ring when he stupidly got um, or paralyzed by the uh, the spider, which I completely forgot about that scene yes. uh, on the rewatch. And Sam is just there saving the day time and time after he's a dick to him. After yep. uh, Gollum tries to 
kill him and get him exiled, which he yeah. basically succeeds in. And Sam's like, I'm coming back for you, Mr. Frodo. And still comes back with no fighting experience, kills a monster. I mean, Frodo could never. No. Frodo spent more time in the movies getting injured than anything else. So. Yeah, Frodo's weak. Down with Frodo. So yeah, I'm with you here. on there. Would have been a better movie without Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Favorite Hobbit? Well, Samwise Gamgee, yeah, obviously. Yeah, no. If you had to pick if one. If you had to do an order. Hmm? In order from most likable to least. Okay. So Samwise is most likable. Yep. Hobbit-wise. Then I think I got to go Pippin. Yep. And then Mary. Yep. And then probably Samwise's eventual wife, <laughs> yeah. or whatever her name was. <laughs> yeah. um, then Bilbo. Yep. Uh, then everybody else in the Shire. <laughs> and then Frodo. That's basically my okay. list as well. Yeah, that's funny. Um, OTP. Who, who were you rooting for to get together? Real or not real in the films? You know... I, I don't know if I was even really thinking about that too much when I was watching the Lord of the Rings films. Obviously, you're always rooting for Sam to go back and get with the girl, right? Yeah. That's just because Sam's a great character and he crushed that. The only other real, like, love interest would be Aragorn, right, and Arwen. Was there any... Is there some... Well, you could have Aragorn with someone else. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I was kind of rooting for him and Arwen. They they set it up like you need to root for that. Yes. Even though I felt a little bad for uh, for the princess of Gondor or whatever she was there. For sure. But it's like if your girl gives up immortality for you, like you're just going to be like, forget about it. So it's Arwen is who he ends up with, Liv yes. Tyler. And then the other uh, one's name is it's Eowyn or Ewan, yes. right? It's too similar. Agreed. All these damn things, even with House of the Dragon oh, yes. and stuff, there's too many names that are ridiculous and then off by like one letter and you're like, well, who the yeah, hell like are we Yeah, like a different about? spelling and I'm supposed to keep track of who's who. A hundred percent. Do you have any favorite quotes? I actually wrote some. I took notes as I was watching these films. So I have a few. I have a couple favorite quotes. Um, I think Treebeard. I love uh, when he gets pissed that like his fellow uh, trees or Ensa get burned alive there. He said, there's no curse in Elvish, Entish, or the tongues of men for this treachery. <laughs> just great, especially coming from a massive ant, like just yeah. chilling there. So uh, that's one that jumps out to me. Why don't you go through a list? I have a few okay. here, but I don't want to be repetitive. Gimli, when he says, an elf going underground where dwarf dare not, I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> like he had some of the He's funniest so lines. And I loved how much he was just like, let's do this. Like, mm -hmm. let's go. Like whatever's about to kill us, I'm in. Like, front of the line. Um, Gandalf saying, abandon your post, prepare for battle, when the king is just like, go die. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, no, listen to me. Um, same when the, when the king goes, go now and die in what way seems best to you. I was like, ouch. Yeah. That was like a rough line. Um, and then Gimli just saying, never, never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. And then Legolas says, what about a friend? And he says, I, I can do that. Uh, there were a couple real, like, deep ones too you had galadriel even the smallest person can change the course of the future yes. and then i mean there's a million gandalf ones we oh, don't like, need to get into pretty much any time i Anytime mean he's he so great yeah he's so great and i did like uh in aragorn's speech at the end of return of the king where he's trying to rally the troops yes. when they are way outnumbered and he's just a day may come when the courage of men fails 
but it is not this day. And then you have, what is it, Pippin or Mary just <laughs> yes. start charging, and you're like, okay, let's roll. It's a little Pippin. I love the hobbits. I love seeing these, um, like, regular sides or tall characters, and then, like, the camera pans down to the look. Small little hobbits. Um, I also, when Samwise said, I cannot carry it for you, but I can carry you. I mean, just. just Heart-wrenching. Just consider I sobbed from that point on to the end of the film. Yeah. Samwise, man. Really? He should have been king. Screw Aragorn. Give Samwise the kingdom. Yes. Like, so ridiculous. Okay. Out of all the characters across all films, who would you want to be? And you had to live out what happened. You have to live out what happens. Yes. The uh, the easy choice is Aragorn here, right? Really? Because he went through some shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the thing is, I don't think you'd want to be an elf. First, it's okay. You get to live pretty much forever. But like they say in there, if you don't have kind of a time clock, then you just get to see all of your friends and close people die or perish. And you have to live through all these bad times as well as the good times. So I think it would be tough to go for an elf. Gimli, I don't want to be a dwarf. I'm sorry. Gimli, love you, man. The Shire looks pretty badass, right? It looks, it looks pretty fun. chill. They like smoke and drink and like Just hang plant out. and garden. I don't know. Maybe uh, you go first. I, I can't, I can't uh, narrow it down. Legolas is who I would be. So you would go with the elf. He had a pretty easy elf. time. Like as far as the movies, I would argue he had the easiest time. He didn't have some crazy injury. He didn't see him like almost die. He he literally walked on snow. I mean, he seemed to have the easiest time across their whole journeys. That's true. You know, maybe I just go with uh, Sauron. What do you? Oh, things worked out well for him. I'm just kidding. I think uh, I think you got to go. I have to go Aragorn. Okay. Yeah. You know, he uh, he's kind of a loner at first. Comes in, saves the day, reclaims the uh, the throne after. He was the rightful heir and just kind of gave it away. So he kind of is able to rally the troops and be the hero in the end. So. And you get to live an extended life. So Yeah, that's true. So he does get to live an extended life. And he ends up with Liv Tyler. So That's true. That's a pretty good win. Yeah, that's a win. I, I would agree with that. I would say that would be second on my list. Um, okay, let's do a couple questions just based off of each film. So for Fellowship of the Ring, the first in the series... Oh, wait, I didn't ask. What was your favorite in the trilogy, too, before we go into this? Uh, favorite in the initial trilogy yes. has to be Return of the King. Okay. I go Return of the King, Fellowship, and then The Two Towers. Oh, okay. But one of my favorite scenes is in Two Towers, so it's a weird... It's yeah. close, two and three, but I think Return of the King is the best one. I'm, like, torn between Fellowship and Return of the King because yeah. I just really love the introduction of all the characters. Um, but Return of the King had me like freaking, I'm telling you. <laughs> the so. movie ended and I watched the theatrical version because I wasn't sure if Kayla was going to be able to get through all six. So I'm like, yeah. I need to make sure I can get through all six. Three like, hours and 40 minutes or something. And it went quick. I was like, wow, this movie's like already over. Yeah. Which never happens for that long of a movie. So I wish I would have watched the extended cut. It, it uh, I looked to see like the differences between the two, mm-hmm. and I won't go into it, but there was enough substance there as far as like well, it's an extra hour and something. Yeah, that yeah. I felt like it, you know, gave you a different version of it. You know, if you want more, so I'd recommend, um, just yeah, like I said, just carve out a day. <laughs> um, so for Fellowship of the Ring, is there any like scenes or moments you want to shout out after watching it? Anything to highlight? Well, I think the most obvious one here. 
is Gandalf saving the day with, you shall not pass. And then, bam. And then, oh, is he going to be safe? No. Gets whipped back down there. And he dies, but he doesn't really die. He comes back as Gandalf the White. Yeah. Just a string of emotions happening all through that section. And and probably the most famous line from the trilogy mm-hmm. has to be that one. What about you? Uh, Gandalf's dancing was hilarious. Like, I was writing notes as I did this. Um, Sodom and Gandalf fighting was amusing. Like, the, the visual CGI, too. Like, I got to say, for these films, for the time, really holds, holds up. I think. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's not what we have now, but in some ways it's almost better because it's not totally... I think the original was better, like, effects-wise than the Hobbit movies, which came out, like, yes. 12 years later. Yes, I agree. Um, but, like, the dream sequences when Arwen's, like, talking and stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, these are... These came, are a sign of the It came out 20 years ago, you know? Yes. Um, a, a question I had is, how does everyone know the Fellowship except Sauron? You know, like, the scene where it, like... Groups sometimes are like, what are you guys doing? But majority of them are like, oh, yeah, let's help you. We've heard of you. Oh, you're the fellowship. You're coming through. You know. Yeah. I'm like, how does everyone just know? I wondered the same thing. I wonder if they just sent out a whole bunch of ravens (laughs) and stuff. We're like, hey, make sure you tell everybody the fellowship's on a roll here and just to help us if we come by. And then I just really stand out scene for me is when it flashes between the fellowship canoeing in the water and the orcs running in the forest and like just it kind of flashing back and forth. Um, evil Kate Blanchett was also amusing. And how long was Gimli like, did he never return home? Because all of his dwarf family and friends were like skeletons. So like, he's like, well, I haven't visited like 300 years. Whoops. That wasn't his like home home, but it was like his cousin's place or something. If I remember correctly. But yeah, that was a little odd. Um, Gimli, that was just great no matter what. He is. And... I, I also the scene with Boromir where he's like trying to save Pippin and Mary, yeah. even though he doesn't really like them. And it's like, why are they coming along yeah. with us? But he sacrifices himself there for, for the good of them, which was pretty sweet. And one of my favorite recurring things throughout mm-hmm. the entire trilogy is Gimli and Legolas counting down the number of people they've killed yeah. in the middle of battle. So you yes. just hear screaming, 17. Oh, shit, I'm at 14. Oh, hold on. Uh, 17. Great. I love their friendship together. It was, like, it was, it was so was, funny. That was probably my favorite overall part was them and their unlikely friendship between the elves and the uh, and the dwarves. I totally agree. I love those connections. Um, okay, the two towers. Favorite scenes, moments to shout out. So Battle of Helm's Deep was insane. Yes. That was awesome. You have the rain coming down. You have that kind of paired with uh, when you have the Ents taking over. Man, I'm trying to remember all the names of everything here, and I'm <laughs> struggling right now. Um, but you know what I'm ta- talking about. So where the Ents take over, where um, Saruman is yes. and his whole his whole army. And I'm going to remember it after I'm done talking, so you can continue. Of course. Yep. Um, so one thing I noticed about Lord of the Rings, and I'm curious, like, your thoughts and and if anyone read the books. Isengard. Ah, yes, Yeah, yes. when the Ents attacked Isengard and yes. broke the dam and everything just flooded out, all the orcs that were underground. Swam up. Yep, that yeah, was that great. that was pretty neat. Um, the spectrum of good and evil is, like, very clean in these movies. And what I mean by that is the good people are good, the bad people are bad. There's not a lot of like. There's not a lot of Game between. of Thrones action where yes. you have gray areas, yeah. And that stood out to me because you don't have a lot of gray. You don't have a lot of people. 
you know, even um, what's in the his... Hobbit, you have a little bit more of that. Yes, but even Faramir, who like had him over, like he could have took the wing. Like he's he's still a good guy. Like he he, he took that, I'm sure. Like, but like, so it's, I think it's just funny, like to have just generally good people, right? And then like bad people. Yeah. Yeah. I, you don't see that too much, you know. Normally yeah. Like usually the... there's a little bit more nuance yes, to it yeah. instead of just okay, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. And the only time you kind of get a slight, not even like hinge of that, but just of doubt is when you had Elrond, who's basically like, hey, well, I don't think we can afford to help them. So if they die, they die type of situation. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? The elves end up helping and or Arwen ends up kind of pressuring them to help. And it all works out in the end, right? It does, right? Thankfully. Um, okay. Return of the King. Favorite scenes, moments to shout out. What'd you think? I thought the death of Saruman was pretty lackluster. Yeah. For I, for all of what he was doing, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, scene-wise, the best scene, or like that most heart-wrenching one is Aragorn at the end. He's been king, and he tells the hobbits, you kneel for no one, and then he kneels, and everybody kneels for them. And calls them the heroes. That's always going to give me a little bit of teary eye. Mine was either Sam and Frodo just resigning themselves to death of the lava rock. Um, or just, yeah, when he carries him. I mean, literally on his back. I yeah. just... Or when they part. I mean, oh my God. I can't tell you how many times I was sobbing. I mean, I sent you a picture. I was yep. so, I was, I was like, am I really crying about these hot, like it almost made me laugh because I'm like, seriously, that's not what I thought going into these movies. And it just, the delivery, Sean Austin like carried some of the most emotional parts and it was so sincere, Yep. you know, and yeah, just so it was just so sincere. And another thing I wanted to say is the well, thing that kind of stands out in these films is like how often men cry yeah. in these movies. Like it stood out so much because you just don't see it, and especially you don't see it in this like brave man, like barbarian, hyper battling. Yeah. yeah, like and it's freely and it's so many and it's from the the lowest poor characters to like the, the most heroic like and it's like it's never a thing it's like yeah this thing brought you to emotion it just stood out so much to me because i'm like wow it's kind of amazing and like yeah. we still don't see that anymore after this like yeah, so true you know and like to go along with the sam and frodo thread yeah. that you were in love with i mean i can't believe you didn't mention the the quote sam when uh frodo's being like i don't know why we're doing this anymore like oh, what else but... is there to live for and <laughs> And he goes, well, you know, that there's still good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. And it's just that delivery, like, this sucks. But if we go back and we can't help out, like, what we're not doing our part. We need to at least try. We need to do our best. And if that's not enough, then that's not enough. But I can't live with myself not trying. Because Samwise just has a gro this growth from the first film of where he just happens to overhear the conversation and gets kind of pulled in and then he just gets braver and braver as it goes on and he takes his oath so seriously that when gandalf says don't you know stick with frodo don't lose him like he takes that like he almost died drowning just to show that in the attempt he was trying to get to frodo not to leave him is 
is it's it's just crazy. And meanwhile, Frodo from the beginning of the movie is basically deteriorating. Like that's his highest yeah. point when he decides to take the ring and take on this mission, and it, he just progressively gets worse and worse. And why does he call him Mr. Frodo? Do we know they're the same okay. age, right? I have that in gripes. Oh, do you? But okay. um, yeah. So <laughs> that's definitely one of them. Why? At no point in their journey. I understand. Okay. He's like, yo, bro, just call me Frodo. It's fine. I understand why he calls him Mr. Frodo. I understand the dynamics of like Frodo Baggins being this, they're well-to-do family. I understand Samwise was like lower class, the gardener. Totally understand that. I also know that Frodo is older. And so it could be like a sign of respect, like Mr. Frodo, Mm. because he's like in his 50s. And Hobbit age. Yeah. Hobbit age, yes. And so I could see that, but at no point Frodo didn't go, you know, I've been kind of a dick to you, Sam, and you've kind of saved my life a million and two times. Just call me Frodo. Just call me Frodo. Not once. Not yeah, once. Good old Every Frodes. time. <laughs> not once. It bothered me the whole film. I'm like, not once where you're like, just call me Frodo. It's good. Yeah. In fact, he should have called him Mr. Samwise. You know what? He should have. And this just shows the disrespect from Frodo mm-hmm. the entire time. Just doesn't even give a shit about his friends. You know, Frodo's the worst. It, just uh, yeah. what it is. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, yeah, just so annoying. Should have called him Mr. Samwise, as I said. Do you think Frodo would have given up the ring if Gollum hadn't attacked him? Would he have just invisible, you know, he stepped left. out? Yeah, I think he just leaves um, with the ring on because what they're portraying, especially in the first one when they flash back to who the ring has been in touch with in the past even the strongest of men have kind of fallen into this trap of needing the ring and wanting it and turning evil and even when you have gandalf saying no don't give me the ring don't give me the ring proto i can't take it because if somebody of my power has that it could be detrimental and then galadriel too yes she is like you're just offering me this ring and she's talking about she could use it to to do so good and then she turns and gets kind of evil for a yeah, minute just and it's a like hot evil so he did the best of anybody because i think he just doesn't have that ambition and the power that these other people have so there's less to really hold on to there but yeah, he's with it Hobbits for so long don't have don't have that like yeah that desire correct, to like accumulate correct, power correct and he has it for so long while he's traveling that it ends up, uh, and he has to wear it multiple times to get out of jams. And the more you yes. put it on, the more right. it kind of takes you over. So I think it, he would have turned into like a different golem. Yeah, I think so too. I think Frodo totally was about to invisible. But Sam wasn't going to let yeah. that happen. Sam would have just been sitting there like shuffling back and forth, like swinging Justin, a stick. Justin, that's my him. exact line. I go, Sam would have brought himself out of unconsciousness yep. to grab invisible Frodo somehow and get the ring. A hundred percent. Sam would have figured, figured it out. It out. <laughs> wow, we are on the same page with Sam. Why is it All right. He would have figured it out. Totally. Um, okay. Any other questions or gripes after figuring the trilogy? I have two. You have two uh, I questions I have two things that were kind of unanswerable. Again, to me, who had not read the books, perhaps if you're a book reader of these books, you would know. How did hobbits come from men? Like there's the elves. Yep. There's the dwarfs. There's the whatever Gandalf is. He's part of like some celestial yep. group. How, how did they come from men? Like, how did the branch off help? You know, where did that? We're in a fantasy world, Kayla. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. Okay. It, it's like 
I don't even know how to make a parallel to real real life because <laughs> there isn't one. But <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the evolution of hobbits. That's all. Okay, how does Saren? Sauron. Sauron. Every time I I yeah, want to say I say it. the opposite. I yep. do overthink it. How does he not guess what they're trying to do the whole time? I mean, even to the point where I know in the books and in the movies, Gandalf says, like, he doesn't know what we're doing. That's, like, our advantage is that he doesn't know what we're we're trying to destroy the ring. But he, throughout, learns, like, okay, this fellowship has the ring. Okay, a hobbit has this ring. Okay, Frodo has the ring. Like, throughout the course of the movies, yep. he figures that out. At no point in their travel to the worst place to bring the ring knowing that they're fighting groups who are trying to take it from them. Clearly they want it. At no point, he's like, huh, I wonder if they're trying to destroy it. So this is my view on that. Okay. I think he knows he's trying to entice him to bring the ring to Mordor so that Sauron can get the ring. And he has such confidence that he's going to be able to take over the mind of a little hobbit. Mm -hmm. He's like, if I can just get him here, I will fully take him over. I'll get control of the ring. Even though he's sending all of these things to kill him or kidnap him or... I mean, I guess the kidnap part... That's a good counterpoint, but, you know, it does seem like it was mostly trying to kidnap him, right? Well... Well, he did get stabbed in the shoulder. It was kind of like, yeah, it was like, it was like 17 attempts. He's like, all right, orcs, just, just grab them and bring them here. Yeah. So how about you? Pretty good. Otherwise? Yeah. I think you kind of nailed the, uh, the couple gripes I had, obviously the Mr. Frodo ordeal there. Um, nobody, oh, the one thing I did have written down here, the king of, uh, the king, the, 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 thank you. He is so old and decaying because he's under a spell of Saruman. Like, what? Nobody is like, you know what? Maybe something's a little off here. I literally, in my notes, like, as I was watching, was like, I think he died already. Like, homeboy looks rough. And then they're like, oh, we release uh, this hole they have over you. Oh, cool. I'm, like, 50 years younger again, and I'm good to go. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't shout out um, the terrible relationship that Faramir had. And I felt so bad when his dad just, like... I wish you died instead of Boromir. Yeah. Oh, my God. Brutal, that relationship. Brutal. When he was clearly the better son. So... Well, what? You didn't like young Ned Stark? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not in this context. All right. We ready for some Hobbits? Sure. Okay. So... The Hobbits, which is a trilogy, of course, a series of three high... I wonder what it's about. The Hobbits. Yeah. A series of three high fantasy adventure films, again, directed by Peter Jackson. The three films are The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, which came out in 2012. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, 2013. And The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, 2014. They act as a prequel to Jackson's Lord of the Rings film trilogy. The films take place in the fictional world of Middle-earth 60 years before the beginning of the Lord of the Rings, and fellow hobbit Bilbo Baggins, played by Martin Freeman, is convinced by the wizard Gandalf the Grey, Ian McKellen, to accompany 13 dwarves, led by Thorin Oakshield, on a quest to reclaim the Lonely Mountain from the Dragon Smog, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. The films feature an ensemble cast, includes James Nesbitt, Ken Stott, Ev... Evangeline Lilly, Lee Pace, our guy from Halt and Catch Fire. Ah, oh, he's great. Missed that show. Got to rewatch it. Luke Evans. And then uh, several actors reprising their roles from Lord of the Rings. What did you think of the Hobbit trilogy? So I had never seen the Hobbit trilogy before watching it Same. for this pod. So everybody was telling me different things. The general sentiment I got was, it's not good. Don't waste your time watching it. 
I do not agree with that. I thought it was solid, but not nearly as good as the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to stakes. We didn't have the stakes of the entire Middle Earth right now. It's just about these dwarves being able to take back their homeland from a dragon. Mm-hmm. Like the stakes are much smaller. Obviously, they tie in some of the components right. that we see in the later trilogy, but that's not really what they're fighting against. They're just fighting to get back to their home and to defeat this dragon. And guess what? That's not really as important as as saving all of humanity. So just my thought. Okay. So I also enjoyed these films for what they were. Like I didn't kind of go, I knew Lord of the Rings was going to be the thing. And I want to compare these films to the Fantastic Beasts spinoffs of Harry Potter. I've not seen those either. And I've not seen them either, but here's, <laughs> here's what I mean by that. So you're going to compare them. Okay, cool. So the original Harry Potter films are obviously the most beloved, right? They're the ones that had the highest stakes, the most drama, right? And the Fantastic Beasts spinoffs are kind of like a way for the audience to spend more time in the world that they love, right? Like we love the Harry Potter world. We can't retell the same story, but like we can kind of live in it for a little bit. And that's kind of how I felt about The Hobbits. Like it doesn't compare, as far as like the stakes, because I do think that drama of like what's going to happen versus like the lower stakes of this, because you know where Bilbo ends up. Right. Um, and yeah, I just, so, so I kind of took it as that. And honestly, like it wasn't as dramatic as the original trilogy, but like, it was more fun. Like I laughed at moments, like it was funny and silly and like they got into antics. Like they had that seriousness for sure. But like, there was a lot of humor in it, too, at the same time. That's true. I did like kind of uh, one of those opening scenes where all the dwarves start showing up to Bilbo's house, and they're making a wreck of it. They're obnoxious. Yes. They're throwing stuff. And then they... That would have been my nightmare, too. Like, if I was yeah. Bilbo, I would have snapped. That was pretty <laughs> funny. I think it's a little odd. Like, the main cast was dwarves. Yeah. And I did not... And I watched it at home, not on a big screen. I imagine it's worse on a big screen. But I did not like the way it was shot with the dwarves and, like, the elves. I just felt like it wasn't as natural as the original trilogy. Mm. It made it much more pronounced, which threw me out of it a few times because it made the dwarves look smaller than even I thought they were in the original trilogy, if that makes sense. Like, Legolas looked like a giant in some aspects. Like, he's, like, eight foot tall, and then he's standing next to, you know, an eight-month-old baby. And you're like, what's going on here? So. So I think that's a bit of a gripe that I had. I know uh, Craig, a.k.a. Swarley, who's been on this podcast many a times, he said he saw it in theaters and the effects and the makeup wasn't as good. Mm -hmm. When you were watching it on a really high quality resolution, you could see kind of the ears and like some of the the extra like wigs and stuff thrown on. I wasn't able to notice that watching at home, obviously, but that might be why it or a part of why it didn't do nearly as good um, gross-wise as the original trilogy. Now, it made about the same amount of money, but they cost like twice as much to right, make, right. if that makes sense. No, so, it does because of the technology that changed, you know, in those 10 years or so. I, I also think they leaned into the fan service a little bit by knowing that Orlando Bloom was a big hit, an unexpected hit perhaps in the originals by featuring him more and... Um, the battle scenes, making those pretty much all the time in these films versus like the originals, yep. which is a complaint people had. So, um, yeah, so I, I like was happy to see them. Like it was just fun to see this new story with 
And honestly, like, it endeared me more to Bilbo because Bilbo in the Fellowship and kind of Return of the King a little bit, I'm kind of like, how oh, is a jerk? He's just going to leave Frodo who, like, loves yeah. you. Like, that's kind of rude. And then, like, you're just kind of introduced to the ring from him. And you're kind of like, who's this guy that just, like, travels all the time and is, like, kind of zany? Like, it made me appreciate all of the things that Bilbo went through so that Frodo could do what he did. Yeah, that makes sense. It does does give more context and humanity to to Bilbo, which helps his character a bit because he is a little bit kind of bullied and nobody respects him early yeah. on. And he needs to go through this maturity phase where he needs to trust in himself and right. trust all the people around him. And he eventually gets the respect of all the dwarves, which is a big deal. I just, you know, it was what, nine dwarves? Yeah. You're going to go in and take 13. over this. Or 13 dwarves, right. good call. They are just going to go in themselves with 13 and take over this, uh, the Erebor, the lonely mountain <laughs> that's been um, guarded by a <laughs> massive dragon for 50 years or whatever. Like, wh- what are we doing here? This doesn't make sense. And then when they get there, Thor and their leader is just like immediately corrupted by the gold. Like he doesn't, he's in there for like five minutes and he's like, oh, fuck everybody else. We're keeping this shit. Like what? Is that just how it works there? (laughs) It's like the ring, you know, you just get in suddenly you're evil, which I hear in the books is a little less of a like, I'm near the ring and I'm suddenly corrupt. It takes a little bit. Um, Yeah. Any highs and lows of the Hobbit trilogy you want to point out? Other than the Bilbo thing for me, I, Smog was great. Like, I liked the Cumberbatch uh, was great. I mean, I loved the scenes of him talking. Like, that was just. I loved, yeah, the little dance um, yeah. Bilbo and Smog were yes. doing when he's invisible. Yes. But they're like, I know you're over him. here. Yeah. Hey, this guy's going to get corrupted if he comes here. You're not going to survive. Right. That was pretty fun. Just, and I don't know if it's like that in the books, but having Smog talk yes and be able to have a personality makes it more fun and i don't know about you maybe this is just my stupid brain i thought at a certain point when in these hobbit movies when he put on the ring Mm -hmm. and he went into that like kind of dark underworld invisible space he can hear other animals that weren't necessarily talking to him so for a minute i thought Smog was not talking, really talking. He was just oh, like yes. in dragon, but he could yes. only understand right, it because right, right. he had the ring on. Right, right. That wasn't the case because yeah, he just yeah. started talking to everybody else <laughs> later yeah. on. But I, I thought that could have been a cool little uh, like with the spider twist. scene. Yeah, I was like right. that could have been a cool twist if like you could actually understand them with the ring on, and then be able to maneuver around it. And when it's off, you just hear like any normal noises that you would hear otherwise. Yeah, it was interesting to see. I guess his relationship with the ring itself because i didn't necessarily know going in this long history he had with it and how it helped him out and his friends in so many ways it's like oh that's great but it's like at the same time so bad you know and and can we just shed the light on gandalf here just being a terrible wizard for a minute like at the end he goes frodo or frodo bilbo (laughs) i know you i know you have a magical ring he's not concerned (laughs) About what this ring is, this magical ring that he has such an affinity for that can make him invisible. He's just like, oh, there's a ton of those out there. I don't care which one you have, even though there's one ring that's been missing for hundreds of years that could potentially change the entire history of Middle Earth. Just not even like, can I just see the ring? 
Like, come on. And That's then even true. he does it until uh, fellowship when he's like, birthday, let's throw it into the fire. Like, let's yeah. throw it into the fire. Okay, there's nothing there. Oh, there's an inscription coming up. No. And yeah, then he rides right, off on his right. horse. Yeah, I have no disagreement with that. Oversight. Um, overall, though, like, yeah, they were they were fun to watch. You know, not as like I wasn't so invested as I was Lord of the Rings because I was so like, oh wow, this is so much better than I kind of thought going in. Um, as you said many times, I definitely didn't understand it the first time I saw it when yeah, I was eleven and twelve and. Um, watching now, I'm like, wow, this is so. It did kind of make me want to read the books a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Eh. I just don't know. Like, I read a few of the Game of Thrones books, and they're pretty easy to read. Like, they're not, you know, super where you're just like, uh, I'm so I'm a little intimidated to see. Like, am I gonna like how it's written? But I mean, people love these books. Rose's dad, like, I don't know if he still does, but would like go to like meetings regularly with like a Tolkien group. So really, oh yeah, people like it's like a Bible. That's I I know the Hobbit right. That's a much smaller. I think that's just a singular Correct. book, like, right? Like the Lord of the Rings is meant to be a trilogy, written yeah. as a trilogy, versus the Hobbit was not one book, and that's why the movies Which, are. And that's why the pacing, you know, sometimes struggles. Yeah, the pacing wasn't great, and the movies were much more reasonable. Still, very long two two <laughs> yes. and a half to two hours and forty minutes. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Take. Yeah, um, I like the elves being featured more in this the Hobbit series too. Yeah, and it's the different elves, right? Yes. It's not the same elves that we saw in the Lord of the Rings. These ones are more screw them. We're just going to protect our own area. We don't want to deal with all the nonsense. You like know, like also like being an asshole in the beginning. Like I really like it when the one dwarf like shows the is the picture of his family, and he's like, "Who's that hideous?" Blah blah blah. He's like, "That's my wife," and then he's like. And who's that mutant, like, whatever? <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's my son Gimli. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you two are going to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> that know? was a like, nice little tie-in. I just, yeah, I just loved it. I mean, yeah, it's good. They're good films. Yeah, I'm glad I watched them. You know, it's not ones I'll rewatch a ton. But, right. you know, I wouldn't mind watching them again. You know, even though the giant eagles are pretty much what saved the day every time. Yes, Without the giant yes. eagles, everybody dies. I mean, they come in clutch all the time. So why don't know? they just start the fight with the giant eagles? Like, go and just kill everybody <laughs> and they can get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They weren't thinking too much. Um, okay. So, as I said, we did all of this hard movie watching in preparation for Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which is going to come out September 1st, 2022 on Amazon Prime. Watching The Hobbits, watching Lord of the Rings, what are you hoping to see in this story? We know that it's going to take place, you know, thousands of years before. We're going to see potentially a human version of Sauron. And you are so in your head, Sarah, I am. It's going to be a complex now. I apologize for every time I've said his name wrong. Um, and other than that, I don't know too much. Obviously, we're going to be having different versions of the types of and groupings of characters it's taking place in the age before right so it's like hundreds and hundreds of years before right. anything else we've seen and they're gonna have a couple of the elves tie in like galadriel is what i heard mm-hmm. and maybe like Elrond and and stuff i don't really know i don't have a lot of expectations which i'm kind of intentionally keeping it that way so that i don't get too excited and then mm-hmm. get disappointed when i watch it so I'm going to go in kind of fresh to the first yes. episode and see how I like it and go from there. It is the most expensive television series ever made. 
So four hundred million dollars for season one. Crazy. They spent two hundred fifty million just to get the television rights for Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, all of that money just to be able to do it. So that's just wild. Um, I'm I'm excited. Like I said, I'm going into it same like actually really enjoying this middle earth this world and i really don't know anything going into this as far as the history of middle yeah earth i assume it's going to be like all of the rings there's what right. 19 rings is how it starts right. before the one ring that rules them all yeah so yeah, it's probably yeah. going to be kind of the demise of how all those rulers and uh how the men become the whatever they're called the men who the demons, the like, the on orcs? the flying. No. Oh, the. Uh, they yeah. were all the men who wore the ring, who were, were the nine men who were granted the ring. Yeah, the Azagol yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they become yeah. them. So it's like, you know, I. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Like I said, it comes out tomorrow when this episode releases, and the first two episodes at least. And then I th- believe it will be a weekly show. Uh, competing, of course, with Hot D on HBO at the same Hot time. D. So, so yeah, I'm excited to get into this world, and I thoroughly enjoyed um, making the time to watch these films because I really probably just kind of cast them off as movies I would enjoy, and I would have missed out on Samwise. Yeah, we tree. we watched them too young the first go round, so we didn't give them another chance, and I'm glad we did. And my wife probably hates it because I was watching these movies nonstop <laughs> for like a week and a half. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm excited, and I think that kind of wraps it up for our Lord of the Rings talk. All right, so let's get into our Swarly of the Week. All right, so Swarly of the Week. I have really started following a lot of people on film Twitter, which is a good thing, bad thing, because, man, some crazy drama happens. You're like, what the hell? Get a life, you guys. But I've been pulled into this drama of um, the film that's coming out this fall. Don't you worry, darling. And so my story of the week is going to be for the Don't You Worry, Darling PA team, which is really having the toughest time right now. Um, Don't You Worry, Darling is kind of a thriller, romance thriller that's coming out this fall starring Harry Styles. So this is like one of his Uh. bigger leading roles, right? And... Florence Pugh. I don't know. You may have heard of her. Oh, I wonder why you're on this. It's <laughs> Anywho, Florence Pugh. Um, and so I had been obviously following this movie since I heard about it. Also directed by Olivia Wilde, um, who did Booksmart. Love that film. And so it was a movie that I was excited about from day one. But the drama has been stirring as far as um, Olivia Wilde is really like, I don't know what it is, but... The online people are really coming She's at her. She's tough to deal with, apparently. She is, they are coming after her. And right now, Florence Pugh, which I had heard rumors that she normally, like, and I do follow her on stuff, posts stuff for things she's going to be in. And she's been very quiet about this film, which is kind of abnormal. So people have been commenting. I'm like, okay, film Twitter, whatever. She's busy. But then it was announced recently that she's only going to show up at this one festival that she has to show up at. That's like the Venice premiere. So she's got like And she's doing no other promo for this film. She's not showing up at any Q&A. She's not. She's doing this one and done. And that is like, what? Then I go, that's crazy. Then it comes out. Shia LaBeouf, who actually was supposed to be the Harry Styles character, the leading role. Um, Obviously, it's some stuff going on. He ends up getting 
what was said to be kicked, thrown off the show. Olivia Wilde herself had said that, you know, due to his actions and stuff where he, he can't be, we have to have a safer environment on the show. Shia LaBeouf recently comes out and says, I wasn't kicked off the show. I quit. And Olivia Wilde actually like begged me to come back. And then obviously like people are like, no, no. He releases a video clip that Olivia Wilde sent him where she's talking in her car and she's basically like, Hey, I just really hate how we left this. Um, you know, I really want to make this work with you on this project and maybe Miss Flo, meeting Florence Pugh, can like kind of get over it. Maybe this will like shock her, like him saying he's leaving the movie will get her to like bridge the beef and like all this stuff kind of like pretty directory towards Florence Pugh and like her trying to, which is the exact opposite of what she herself had said had happened. And so it's like, and this movie hasn't even come out yet. It's still a couple months out. So it's like, oh my, is this movie like, you know, obviously it's stuff going on with the Jason Sudeikis uh, delivery of her divorce papers. Just, just, she's on a real roller coaster right now. And this film, I'm just like, you know, know, everyone's making the most hilarious memes about like, everyone should worry, darling. Like just all these funny things playing off of it. But rough. The PA team has to be like, Oh my God. Either what people are going to see it for the shipwreck or people are going to be so turned off by the events that's happening. No one is seeing it. Rough. It's rally of the week. Wow. Okay. So different for me. Um, <laughs> obviously this is just a video I saw. It's this guy in this video is my swirly <laughs> of the week. That is the best example of us. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know if I saw it on reels or TikTok or something. But there's this video where there's these two girls and one guy dying of oh. laughter. And there's another guy standing there confused like, what? Like, what's yeah. going on? And one of the girls goes, can you repeat what you just said? And he goes, um, well, how do you pee when you have a tampon in? Like, where's it go? <laughs> and she, they just start dying laughing. Like, that's a different thing. Like, oh, what are you talking about? God. And he's like, wait, really? There's like multiple? <laughs> oh, no. Sincerely? <laughs> yeah, sincerely. Oh, like, no. he was baffled. This guy's in his like mid mid to late 20s, probably. And nice. uh, they're just like, yeah, dude. It's like not nice. just one thing there. And he's just like, oh, damn. I had no idea. Just another reason why uh, old males shouldn't be, you know, making laws that govern women's bodies. Just 100%. this guy didn't even know how any of it operated. 100%. <laughs> And the girls were laughing so hard. Like, are you freaking kidding me right oh now? Oh, my God. Do you not know how a tampon works? Ah. So that's my Swarly of the Week because that seems like something Swarly would do. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. All right. Time for our friendship question of the week. So I want to know. I'm going to bring it back to your childhood, Justin. Okay. Let's and I'm going to ask you. A deep dive. <laughs> what was the most memorable toy you played with from when you were little? So... This is great. Um, I was a big Power Rangers fan. Same. Tommy. So I got all of the Power Ranger toys. I had all the ones, the ones that would talk. I The Green Ranger was my favorite, yes. Tommy. So him with his like uh, chest plate thing and also the white one. light up. <laughs> yep. He was also the White Ranger. So the Power Rangers toys. And then when my dad got me the Megazord for Christmas one year, which... He still talks about to this day as his greatest Christmas gift he's ever given because he had to bribe a, a truck driver on the back of a truck in the middle of the night just to like throw him one. So um, that's, that's got to be it. Just Power Rangers. It was all day, every day I was playing with those. What about you? 
I definitely love Power Rangers as well. I'm going to go with something that when I think about it in hindsight, I'm like, how is that a toy? And I, I still believe that people play with it. Um, Polly Pockets. I yeah, I never uh, loved Polly Pockets, which were essentially a choking hazard. Yeah. Yes, because I mean, when I tell you these dolls were tiny, they were like your th- half of your thumb was the size of these things. And they would have little chairs. It'd be like a whole kind of house that you would play these in. I mean, I even had uh, like white sandals that had like a bubble on it and there was a Polly Pocket in it. Yeah, I was huge in the Polly Pocket. I was thinking back, I'm glad I didn't choke to death. Wow, I did not take you for a Polly Pocket person, I loved person, Polly Kayla. Pocket. All okay. right. And you know what? The Polly Pocket version of that is in adulthood. It's the miniature videos I sometimes watch where people, have you ever seen those? Like, yeah, but I have. People they make start, like, like little chickens or like yeah. they cook food in like a mini. That's that's all the Polly Pocket girls. That's where you end up is watching those videos on TikTok. And that's probably just a real dark hole you don't want to go down. No, Polly Pocket Hive. We rise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's it for us this week. Tune in to Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.